0: and welcome to the Geek Easy.
1: Pull up a drink, pour yourself a chair, and get ready to hunt some monsters.
0: We're talking about cryptids. Hey, so I'm Beth.
2: I'm Tim. And I'm Ralph.
0: And this is the Geek Easy, where we drink and we talk about geeky things. So this week, we have a little bit of a different episode for you. Uh, Definitely different than last week. We're going to be talking about cryptids, which is one of my favorite topics. And to drink, we had a nice cryptid drink. What was it, Tim?
1: Yeah, well, Beth, when you brought up your favorite cryptid, I couldn't help but make a drink off of the Mothman.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: so this drink, uh, well, uh, for a little background, you know, one one of the most common sightings of the Mothman is people driving through the mountains of West Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, spotting glowing red eyes off of the road before it flies over their car. Right. And so this week's drink. Uh, to to get that same experience for when you're getting drunk, is a a mixture of Coke, uh, Coca Cola, and Southern. <laughs> not, 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 not not the other not one, <laughs> not the other one. <laughs> if you drink that and then see the Mothman, I mean, you are in the
0: mountains <laughs> I mean, of West maybe. Virginia,
2: so maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah, so if you're drinking that kind of Coke and you see the the red eyes of the Mothman, <laughs> maybe rethink your drink. But this maybe one, pull has, over. Maybe pull over the car. <laughs> maybe don't drive. But this one has Coca-Cola and Southern Moonshine and two raspberries that float on the top and look like the big red eyes.
0: Yeah, I am sick this week, so I have regular Coca-Cola <laughs> Just go with, with the raspberries. Raspberries for the <laughs> eyes, and it is good. <laughs>
2: Yep, Beth is recording with that ever-so-valuable N95 mask (laughs) over her mouth. That thing's going to be worth a grand in about a week, right? Yep. (laughs) I think it already is.
0: I mean, probably. It's a high commodity. They were hiding them at the doctor's office.
2: (laughs) But thanks, everyone, for being patient. Um, I know this is going to come out about two days late, um, but thanks for your patience, and I hope you enjoyed this episode.
0: We appreciate you. I'm a lot better off today than I was a couple of days ago, so I'm ready to go.
1: Yeah, it was about to be an episode with just Ralph and I, <laughs> and we looked at each other and said, I don't think we can put our <laughs> listeners through that.
2: I can't talk for 45
0: minutes. <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? Aw.
2: Why do you think I'm th- the producer? <laughs>
0: thanks, thanks. I feel loved.
1: So here we are two days late with a much better episode. Yes.
0: So... Um, To get right into it, let's talk about what a cryptid is. So a cryptid, by definition, is an animal such as Sasquatch or the Loch Ness Monster that has been claimed to exist but never proven to exist. And a little side note about it that was also on Webster's Dictionary. Contrary to popular belief, cryptids actually don't have to be supernatural or mythical or even all that strange. Uh, Many popular creatures acquire these characteristics as their legends grow. So, for example, it can start out as like an alligator, but turns into a small monster.
2: Or when it ends up being a land alligator, but it's actually a Komodo dragon, which was uh, cryptid at one point until it was uh, actually discovered officially.
1: Exactly. And that actually happens a fair amount. Like uh, one prominent one is the coelacanth, uh, or also known as a fossil fish, uh, which most people thought was fictional until uh, multiple specimens of it were discovered in Japan.
0: Yeah, we're actually going to talk about a guy who has a home museum who's trying to prove that. But first um what are our favorite cryptids tim you go first
1: all right my favorite and and don't laugh it's right here at home in north carolina the local cryptid is the nc state poop monster yes uh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yep, yep i've never even heard of this. have you not yeah so <laughs> nc state has a nuclear reactor uh, which has led uh, has led to the story of the cryptid of the radioactive mass of sewer sludge <laughs> also known as the poop monster that lives in the sewers of Raleigh. I I I shit you not.
0: Huh. Uh, ha,
1: uh, my friends and I actually mounted an ex- uh, a, a expedition oh in high God. school to go find the poop monster. Uh, We did find a lot of sludge. We did not find a... You went into uh, the sewers of Raleigh. We did. We went into the the sewer system of Raleigh in an attempt to find the radioactive poop monster. Oh, my
2: God. You went into the sewers of Raleigh, and I let you live here? Right? I know.
1: I smell (laughs) a lot
2: better now.
0: (laughs) I am sure.
2: (laughs) Spoiler alert. We didn't find it.
0: Oh, man.
2: (laughs) I know. It's a shame, really.
0: That's really funny um
2: beth what is uh, what's your favorite
0: my favorite is the mothman i love mothman
1: arguably all around better than the blue <laughs> monster like just gonna say it outright
0: mothman is the greatest um it's just so what i really love about the mothman honestly is his design it's so basic Um, cause he's kind of just like a blobular outline with these giant, amazing wings and giant red eyes. And that's all anybody has on him. Basically.
2: You know what? I've always thought about the Mothman. Um, I thought he just looked like a typical, like 1960s, um, Scooby-Doo villain.
0: Okay. So (laughs) that's really funny that you say that Ralph, because I found out that the Mothman was based off of Batman Uh, The 1960s version Batman, there was a reporter who was like, huh, those wings kind of look like Batman, except he's not a bat. Let's call him Mothman. Literally, that's how this happened. So
2: original. Yeah. His only weakness, the porch light.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So um, the Mothman, in case you don't know about him, could give you a little bit of background. The Mothman was first sighted in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Uh, It was spotted by two married couples who were out on a drive in the forests of West Virginia near the TNT area in 1966. Now, the TNT area is actually an area of West Virginia where they had these bunkers and factories that were used for explosives in World War II. There was a whole bunch of, like, toxic sludge and nastiness that is Hallucinogens, left over yeah. acid. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff left over from World War II in this area, still probably. Um so it was actually thought that Mothman could potentially be some kind of creature that would
1: radioactive monster. Yes, yeah,
0: some kind of radioactive Perfect. monster. Um so this two married couple saw the mothman standing in front of them on the road and like tim said earlier flew above their car and then followed them you'd think if he was mothman he'd fly right into the headlights but apparently he did not (laughs) Um, he was a
2: little
1: smarter than your average moth yeah
0: he's a little smarter than your average moth
1: or dumber and he just missed i know there's always that (laughs) possibility that's
0: true he just flew over it instead of into it um But one thing that's really interesting about the Mothman is the idea of him being a harbinger of death and chaos because um, Mothman was sighted in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, in November of 1966. In December of 1967, there was an incident at the Silver Bridge, which is a bridge that goes over the Ohio River, connects West Virginia and Ohio, where this bridge collapsed with a bunch of people on the bridge, cars fell into the water, um, and people really thought that it was a a telling thing that it was almost thirteen months to the day that the first Mothman sighting had happened. And people, of course, claimed that they saw Mothman on the bridge several days sure. before. And Which
1: they also would have claimed if it had been a month after. They were oh, like, totally. oh, man,
0: oh, one totally. month
1: after. But it's so close.
0: 13 months. Wow, oh, it's so
2: such an unlucky spooky. number.
0: But anyway, um, <laughs> I really enjoy Mothman. There are tons of iterations of him. There were the most recent and amusing one to me was in the... Um, The Adventure Zone podcast when they did Amnesty. Mm -hmm. The Mothman shows up because that takes place in West Virginia in the forests. Um, So that was really fun. Mothman's kind of thought to have some like psychic powers and some, you know, omen type powers, which is a little different than your average cryptid. Um, Yeah. But yeah.
1: See, my personal favorite iteration of of the Mothman of recent years is in Fallout 76, which, say what you will about the game, uh, they did this one thing right. Uh, the way that you meet the Mothman is by performing a quest where you have to collect glowing dust and build a lighthouse. And if you build what? the lighthouse in time, the Mothman shows up.
0: Oh, I love that. Yep.
1: Uh, I you have to build a giant that. light to summon the Mothman. I was like,
0: nice. <laughs> I can get behind this. That sounds accurate. So, Ralph, what's your favorite cryptid?
2: Um, I typically like cryptids that became reality, uh. so I uh, I really enjoy I I'm a softie for red pandas I and they actually were um, considered cryptids at one point, point. Um, and also one of my favorites is the giant squid. Oh yeah, uh, the giant squid, which be you know that I think it wasn't until like the mid two thousands when the Japanese were finally able to. Uh, to get some actual video. I think they got some video and some photographs of, of giant squids in action. Um, cause they had, they had been seen, but, um, there's still so much that we don't know about them. Like we don't know about their average behaviors and stuff. Um, so I think that those are, uh, really cool, especially because they're examples of cryptids that actually became real creatures that science said, okay, yeah, these are things.
0: Yeah. S-
1: so one fun fact about the giant squid, Ralph, um, the giant squid actually led to a lot of H.P. Lovecraft's uh, old gods mm-hmm. um, because during his time, uh, whales would show up beached or just be seen in the wild with these giant gashes on their on their sides and their flanks because uh, the the giant squid is one of the only known hunters of the blue whale, right. um, which we recognize is the largest creature on, on the planet. Um, and so these whales would go by ships with these giant gashes from where the tentacles or the, the beak had torn through parts of their flesh. And mm. it was really like nerve wracking to sailors because what could be. What could be bigger what than a whale? Right. Than right. What, As a what, a what whale? could be attacking these whales? Yeah. And so a lot of um, what we have the image of Cthulhu and right. a lot of the old gods from Lovecraftian literature, um, they very often reference whales that have been shredded. Um, or consumed, which is a direct reference to early Tales of the Giant Squid.
2: There's even um, claim or thought that there are not only giant squids, but colossal squids.
1: Yeah, as a scuba diver, I refuse to talk about those. (laughs) (laughs) Like, those literally
2: haunt my nightmares. I've read
1: the articles. I hate it. mm, mm, Nope, nope, nope.
0: Well, you got to think about it. I mean, we as humans think that we know everything about the earth and the ocean and we've discovered all the creatures, but that's just simply not the case. There are so many areas that we have not explored, especially the ocean. It's so deep and so vast. Like we can never find out what's on the bottom of the ocean. We just, it's not physically possible for us. Um, so if you're interested in these kinds of animals, uh, there is actually a place where you can learn a lot about them. It's the Cryptozoology Museum in Portland, Maine. Um, and Ralph and I have actually been there. We visited while we were in Maine on our honeymoon. Um, and it is a trip, is it not, Ralph?
2: Oh, can confirm. Uh, definitely one of the top honeymoon sites for <laughs> sure in Portland, Maine. You know, I've heard that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like people Guaranteed. get married, and they're like, you know, where it should go? <laughs> Cryptozoology Museum. That totally like normal. Canada. Not a, not an odd place to go. <laughs> Northern Italy. <laughs> Cryptozoology
0: Museum. Lily. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so the official name of this place is the International Cryptozoology Museum, and it was created by Lauren Coleman, um, who is also the museum curator or creator.
0: You have to go through like a taco shop to get to this museum. <laughs> like, you it looks like a taco shop on the outside, and you walk through, and then there's like a sign that's like crypt- International Cryptozoology Museum this way. And you go, and there's like this little door, and you go into this little door, and sure enough, it's this tiny museum. It's two levels, um... I mean, probably about the size of our house. Sure. Maybe a little smaller. Oh, it's
2: it's bigger than that. So, don't.
1: T- <laughs> real, really important question it's here. It's
0: not that big.
1: Can you take your tacos?
0: You know, into the museum? I don't think food is allowed in the museum. See? Okay. But you can go to the museum, check it out, and then go get talk tacos. Talk about what you saw over tacos. Right. And so you see- can
2: see uh, Lauren Coleman. But not in person. He's he's created he's videos video. for yeah. you uh, he, he as introductions.
0: leads you around the museum via video.
1: However, if you pay attention, you can spot him lurking <laughs> in the taco shop. <laughs> <laughs> Guarantee.
0: And there will probably be a super enthusiastic intern sitting at the desk yeah, that sounds to right. greet you. <laughs> if I know
1: one <laughs> thing about museums, it's that no matter what type of museum it is, there is always a super excited intern.
0: The great thing about this place is it is kind of just a storage unit for Lauren Coleman? I'm pretty convinced. Like he, I of course he wanted to share his love of cryptozoology and cryptic creatures with anyone who happens to be in Portland, Maine. <laughs> but he
2: wanted to also make some money.
0: <laughs> yeah, but um, the the items and the artifacts that are in this museum. Uh, Some of them, it's so, I found it so interesting, but some of them are kind of funny because I mean, they're like Mothman stuff to animals or like Happy Meal Sasquatch toys. Like, I mean, they're just like really random things where he's like, oh yeah. And over here we have a movie of the swamp thing playing in the background. It's
2: a lot of like action figures of of like, you know, like Sasquatch and the Yeti and, and stuff like that.
0: Are the the various sea monsters like the ones from like old lake erie and, oh, okay, and yeah, yeah. not even not even just Nessie like it has the various ones and then souvenirs from those places hung up around the walls
1: so it's fun i've seen a few museums like this uh in my in my travels and i always really wish that you had skyrim's bellathor sitting at the front desk like some people call this drunk I call them treasures. Like (laughs) Every single small museum should have that guy. Oh,
0: definitely. Because that's what it felt like. And I mean, the uh, enthusiastic intern was pretty close. Um, Because I think he did say something like, yeah, some people think he's crazy, but I think he's a genius kind of a thing. Um, And I mean, this guy, Lauren Coleman, he isn't entirely wrong about everything because... He does really make a point. The entire first floor is um, about how creatures that we thought weren't real turned out to be real. They used to be considered cryptids. And then somebody said, no, here's proof that they exist. I found one. Here it is. Right, And then... It is accepted as a true animal. So who is to say that Sasquatch, Yeti, Mothman? Who's to say those aren't true? So what you're saying
1: is much like any relationship between two people. He shows you all the nice, like logical things up front, and then you go upstairs, and he's like, "Ha ha! Have fun with Mothman." (laughs) I mean, I've got you now.
0: (laughs) I mean, kind of. Um, Did you know that
1: the Yeti has pooped in eight different spots in the last day? <laughs> and you're like, whoa. But just... how many
0: babies has Sasquatch had <laughs> in the last couple years?
1: You're just like, whoa. I wasn't, I was like, not even thinking marriage yet, much less kids. <laughs> Hang on, baby Sasquatch.
0: Okay, so a couple of the crazier things that he has in this museum is um, there actually is a poop exhibit, Tim. There, oh no. <laughs> there's an exhibit that none of it's none of it's real poop obviously um, i'm already disappointed if he had real poop that would be proof and then we could prove that it exists yeah it's right? dna testing right there uh, exactly um so it has replicas of what like sasquatch poop would look like uh, compared to like deer poop uh so like when people have seen it and they're like "Nah, it's just bear poop but it's giant, you know. Gotta be a Sasquatch. Um, so
1: what you're saying is, some artist sat down, yes, and was like, "What would this scat look like?"
0: Okay, so the artist and he
1: sketched the scat, and then you sketched the scat,
0: and then made a Ske- model sketch. of it. It was not sketched; there were models. Oh no. Um. So that's the thing. There's actually like some serious artist work that is going on here because there there are models there are dioramas there are life-size busts like it's it's pretty cool um the last cool thing is there's a uh yeti exhibit that talks all about this like mystery of the yeti when um these explorers went to find the yeti and supposedly got a yeti hand but the yeti hand got lost in transportation. Have you heard of this, Tim? I
1: have. It was stolen, right? Yeah. It was supposedly stolen and sold on the black market.
0: Yes, exactly. And so there is a replica of the yeti hand with some supposed real yeti hairs. The trick so. of this
2: is that they that this museum is really good at like pulling from actual historical events um because Tim, I think you've talked about this exploration team with me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh
1: Tom Slick. It was the
0: Slick Expeditions. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Exactly. He was pretty slick, but uh, he could not hold on to that Yeti
0: hand. Hey. Hey. Um, Get out. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, there's a replica of that. Again, super cool place to go. Um, it's very interesting. I um, highly recommend if you are in the Portland, Maine area for sure.
1: Yeah, it's definitely on my bucket list of places to go in the U.S., um, now, if you're wondering why we decided to talk about cryptids, uh, there is a lot of kind of cryptid presence in pop in new things coming out or they've just yeah. come out um, that we're really excited to talk about. But first, here's a quick word about uh, the geek very first sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by my favorite new addiction, Fruit of the Bean Coffee. Something I just found out recently, did you know that coffee begins to lose flavor as early as 15 days after it's been roasted? That's why Fruit of the Bean doesn't roast your coffee until your order is processed, to ensure that you have the freshest cup possible every time.
0: And the best part is, when you buy from Fruit of the Bean, you're also helping them give back to the community, as a portion of all sales go towards helping orphans and victims of human trafficking around the world you can read a more detailed account of their mission on their website at fruitofthebean.com. Then, when you're purchasing your next bag of coffee from Fruit of the Beans' website, use the code GEEKEASY at checkout to receive 25% off your purchase.
2: So head on over and check them out.
1: So before our break, we talked about the Cryptid Museum and some of our favorite cryptids. Mm -hmm. But if there's one thing that shows like Ghost Hunters and Destination Truth taught me, it's the thrill of chasing and hunting these monsters.
0: Yeah.
1: And I really wanted to be able to get this in a video game. Luckily... Uh, there's a video uh, there's game for you. There's a video for game you. for that, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it it was originally PC uh, only, and then two years in, they finally have ported it to the PlayStation 4, and that game is Hunt Showdown.
0: Nice. Now, this is a game that I'm actually really afraid to play.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> afraid to play?
0: I'm afraid to play, not because there are giant terrifying spiders, which, which there would are. probably be my least favorite cryptid, no giant spiders please um but it's because of some of the mechanics that like when you die you die and you lose all of your stuff that part Excuse me.
1: It is scary. And it, you know <laughs> what? It makes the monsters that much scarier too when you're yeah. playing because it's very stressful when you can hear it scuttling around on the roof, which, as you guys know, is my least favorite form of transportation. <laughs> uh, and then you have to decide whether or not you are going to feasibly be able to go in and kill it. Yeah. Oh it's absolutely horrifying scuttling Scuttling, yeah it's a terrible terrible form of movement (laughs) scuttle (laughs) wait so think about that
2: so there's actually like a real cryptid giant spider yeah
1: Yeah. there is uh there's a few actually so uh yes yes um in in hunt showdown uh you play in louisiana um, okay. you're part of a group of bounty hunters that is sent in to kill monsters and bring back parts of their, quote-unquote, soul. Um, and one of these monsters is a giant spider. Um, now, Like they
0: really have in Louisiana. Like
1: they have in Louisiana, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but even bigger than that. And these spiders are, are actually based off of real cryptids. Um, specifically the, and I, I may mess this name up, um, but the Jibba Fufi, um, which is a giant spider that supposedly exists within the Congo. Um, and now if we expect a giant spider to be anywhere, it's probably the in the Congo. Congo. It's either in the uh, Congo sure. or, Australia. Or, Australia. Uh, right, or Australia. Right, or, or Australia, two. yeah, exactly. Um, and so, you know, like, it, it is based off of this this particular giant spider, um, which, which is a very interesting story to me. So the first... Big sighting that was brought to the west of the Jibba uh, is from the 19th century when an English missionar- missionary and his porters were exploring a lake when two spiders uh, trapped his porters, right? Porters are guides and locals through the jungle, and they all got caught in these thick webs on the lake shore and uh, these two spiders crawled out and bit um, his his porters and no way. yep so he chased them off with his pistol uh, according to the story, and
2: when you well, got to use a pistol
1: to fight <laughs> fight off a spider, spider? Yeah. oh
0: my god! Con- I would Congo. consider
1: it for a normal spider, but like
0: uh, he felt like he
2: had to, so he chased- Congo you scary,
1: <laughs> Congo you scary. So he chased off these two spiders, but unfortunately, his porters died from the poison.
0: Oh my god! Um, within,
1: within minutes, and so he struggled his way back to town. At which point, the locals said, "Oh yeah." Uh, yeah that's a thing uh don't don't ah! don't go there anymore so apparently the people of the Congo are were believed that these giant spiders just roamed the jungle and they said if they found a nest of these four foot leg span spiders um they didn't go there anymore uh. which yeah okay right so uh, when
0: you say four foot leg span is that like one leg one instead? leg oh, Oh my One god! One leg, four, uh, oh four feet. Oh my god! Yeah. No, this is literal nightmare fuel. Like,
1: oh yeah, it's, oh my it's god, absolutely this is gonna
0: I did not think that was a real thing.
2: Oh, yeah, they, uh, were they officially confirmed? They have not
1: actually been confirmed. No, but uh, the people had like readily accepted this as being a constant in their life. Um, uh, and and I'll get I'll come back to the reality of the situation in, in a second. So this is
2: where it pulls from though, because like this is where like Lord of the Rings uh, gets like their giant spiders. This, yep. I mean, you like you see, see in the in, Hobbit. Yeah, in the Hobbit. You and see in, the in Harry Lob. Potter. Yep. Uh, like, the Warcraft series has giant spiders. I mean,
1: yeah, all uh, fantasy series. Like, people have... are terrified of giant spiders, uh, and and there's legit you know groups of the world that believe that these roam their homes. Um and like at first uh, when I was reading about I was like oh thank God that's in Africa, um not always.
0: Damn. Hmm. Where is it?
1: (laughs) Sometimes it's been spotted in the U.S. No. Yep. Uh. So in particular, um, (laughs) there have been stories. From Louisiana. Uh, of course. Of course. Of course. Yep. Uh, in the bayou where you would expect to see something like that. But Louisiana also... Louisiana
0: or Florida one. I-
1: yes. You're right. Uh, but also in the Mojave Desert out west. Oh. Um, and this is not, like... Old you know 1800s now there were stories in the 1800s of giant spiders, uh, sure. prospectors um, often told tales of these monster spiders that inhabited some of the old abandoned mines yeah um, or wandered the hillsides. Um, but you know there tended to be exaggerated stories around the campfire right. But in 2007, a postal worker um, was driving home in the middle of the night and she saw something tugging at a dead animal in the road. Um, and she, uh, stopped and like, and, and stopped and shined her headlights at it thinking it'd be a coyote only to find herself face to face with a giant spider pulling a dead hunk of Uh, meat across the road. Now here's where this story gets crazy to me, right? Now, Beth, what would you do if you saw this giant spider, uh, in the middle of the road
0: I would run. I would get in my car and and drive. Right, like, just drive away. You know, right? Drive away. All
1: right. She tried to run over it. No. Yes. <laughs> it's horrifying, right? Because yeah. at first you're like, "Oh yeah, kill the spider." But also, what if it gets up under your truck? Right? Oh my god. Like, it's oh man. Would and not. And she's she's mm-hmm. a
0: postal worker. They right. Don't have doors on that thing. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Me. Fully exposed. <laughs> she tried to run it over, and it darted off into uh, in, into the wilderness. She tried to run it over,
2: and the spider won.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And. And And it
1: was fine, and she never did find it again. But um, there's also been a story in recent years of a fisherman where he, uh, who set his canteen down, and when he reached over to grab it. Two long furry pincers uh, reached out from a bush and <laughs> pulled it away from him. Right, like so. These stories uh, are pretty pretty common. Um, not you know not only in the denser forested and jungled areas of, of the world like you would expect. Right, like if you yeah. if you heard of a giant spider in Brazil, fine, or the Bayou, yeah, totally. fine. But it's in your own backyard. Uh, but it could be in your own backyard.
0: Uh, no, thank you. Uh,
1: now scientists do believe that this is unlikely. Um, because sure. they say that oxygen, the oxygen levels of the world, because they have decreased, um, have are have hit a level where they cannot support an arachnid of that size. Okay. But there was a spider in ancient times that was this big. Yeah. Um, this like the the ancestor of the sp- of the common day spider uh, was known to grow up to uh, a four feet four-foot leg span.
2: Oh, my um, God. Yeah. No. <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so we know that they have existed. Uh, here's my favorite part. The, the scientific name for this is Megarachnae cervinae. Right. So like mega, the mega, mega. spider,
0: like mega Arachne.
1: <laughs> and, and, oh man, which is just horrifying. So scientists say that it can still exist, but, uh, you know, a lot of locals in different areas will tell you that they do. Yeah. <laughs> they
2: uh, they begged a different, uh, yeah. But, oh, um, wow. to, to pull it back in. So we actually, like a
1: spider into its
2: web, it, it, like a spider <laughs> into its web. We're going back into the hunt. So we, you actually, you actually, come face to face with these creatures in in its own
1: layer here. This is the greatest part about the hunt you. All right. So you take part in a collective hunt for a bounty. Uh Um, So you and your other players who are all competing for this bounty, by the way, are dropped into a bayou and you have to track and kill a monster. That means that you are tracking it back to its lair, um, and when you find the giant spider in particular, it is one of my least favorite things to do. I bet uh, because you will come across a building and like you just know, right? You look at you see the webs. And the desiccated corpses just. And you remember up, the Congo, like, and it's like, oh no! You remember the con- you remember your time in the Congo, and that time you almost <laughs> died to a giant spider, and suddenly have flashbacks that you can't really pull yourself out from. Uh, does anybody else have that? Is that is that
0: just? Oh me? yeah, uh, first. <laughs>
1: Um Like it is, it is truly frightening. Yeah. Um, and they do they do such a good job with it. So if you want the thrill of hunting a monster or the fear of being hunted by a monster. <laughs> definitely check out Hunt Showdown. You if can get normal PC, life's not scary
2: enough for you, get hunted. Yeah. Get hunted. Yeah. Uh,
1: and you can now get this game on console uh, as of a couple of weeks ago now. So definitely check it out. It's worth uh, it.
0: I literally feel like stuff's crawling on me right now and I don't like it. So let's please move on to our next thing. So here, here's the, here, like I will say, the
1: part of, I hate spiders. I especially hate giant yes, spiders. But as you play this game, you develop this sort of like jadedness towards it. So at this point, like at first, um, my team and I would sit outside the door and throw things in to try and kill it while yeah. it darted around. And now, like we've gotten to the point where it's just like, all right, grab the sledgehammers, let's <laughs> oh beat God. this thing to death. Like it. so, you know, you do like you do confront your fears and, and understand how to take down
2: this monster. But man, it is it is still nerve wracking at times. I like that. Are there any other creatures that are um, related to cryptids uh, in real life that you deal with in this game?
1: Yeah, so currently, um, there there are other monsters. so like there's you fight um, what are called hellhounds, which are these uh, infected dogs and zombies um, which are, are pretty common. But you also the two other boss monsters are one that's referred to as the assassin. Um, which is a humanoid figure that can dissolve into insects, Ooh, um, yeah.
2: Interesting. Uh,
1: and then, and I, and that is, I have read about that being based off of um, Legion uh, mm-hmm. uh, from yeah. from the Bible. And then uh, the butcher is the other boss, which is very clearly meant to resemble a Minotaur, um, which is not mm-hmm. so much a cryptid as a mythological creature, sure. but you know, it, it is a very large
2: monster. Uh, that you get to hunt down. So no, uh, no chupacabra, no. Uh, Not yet. No yeti.
1: Not okay. yet. Uh, one can hope. They are still releasing content. So
0: yeah, I'm really interested to see what else they'll come out with.
1: Yeah, one in particular that I, I really hope to see, and mm-hmm. and there have been rumors of floating around that don't unfortunately have very much credibility is the potential of the Wendigo Ooh, being introduced. Wendigos. Yeah. Extra spooky. Um I am like having that sort of monster in here would be crazy. Um and Well, luckily, I know we're yeah. going
0: to see uh Wendigos in an upcoming movie. Yes, we called, are very soon. Yeah. It's called Antlers. It's being produced by Guillermo del Toro. Um, based off of The Quiet Boy by Nick Anacosta, who actually is a is a pretty prominent horror writer. He wrote on a um, series for Shudder, which is the exclusive horror. It's like Netflix horror. Um, or horror. Horror for Netflix. Horror for Netflix. Wait, Netflix no. for horror.
2: Yeah, Netflix crap. has <laughs> nothing to do with Shudder. Netflix has nothing to do with Shudder. It's streaming,
0: it's, it's, but horror. <laughs> it's and also
2: Netflix. Horror and
0: chill. Netflix. (laughs) Um, He wrote on a uh, Shudder exclusive series called Channel Zero, which is actually really good. So if you need more horror, check out the short story. Check out that. Um, But yeah, this Antlers movie seems really interesting. I watched the trailer. Uh, Looks like a wild ride.
1: Yeah, it does. And we don't have to wait very long because this movie is coming out on April 17th. Uh yep. So that is that is going to be very soon. But beforehand, because the movie does look different in, in a lot of ways, you should uh go read The Quiet Boy. Um you can find it online um in, in various forms. It is definitely a good read. Um and, and quite scary actually. And I'm not often scared by literature, but I was like, Wow, like this is really eerie.
0: Ooh. Um like you,
1: you kind of watch the corners of your room a little differently. Um, after you read it,
0: I love horror stories, so I'm definitely gonna have to read this.
2: Explain to me exactly what a Wendigo is, because I'm I'm not I know the name, but I'm just not super familiar with it, with the creature.
0: Yeah, so Wendigos are creatures of ancient lore um, from the First Nations Algonquin tribes. Um, so originally, they were evil spirits that inhabit people who are very hungry and desperate um, they're usually very withered they have this insatiable hunger for human flesh so Same. i think there's i think there's usually tales of them like stealing and eating babies is a common trope um, and people having to fight them off and 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 get their their loved ones back um, or the Wendigo will take over someone who's on the outskirts of the tribe or considered a witch sometimes, and um, and they try to to bring the person back from the evil spirit that's that's taken them over. The Wendigo. Are now, they
2: strictly is it strictly Native American culture that they that they're from?
0: So there
1: are common. Um, Symbols in a lot of cultures because it's based off of understanding the taboo of cannibalism, um, but it is the Wendigo itself is yes specific to the First Nation cultures. Gotcha. Um, in in that way of looking at it, but it's all this this sort of idea of understanding why a human would stoop to eating another human. Mm, okay.
0: Now I have always heard and imagined. Wendigos being kind of a shriveled ghoulish type, they kind of look like an opossum a little bit, um, <laughs> an like like in the face a little bit, like where they're kind of like. Um, so this ghoulish idea of Wendigos is not necessarily what we're seeing today. Hints where we talked about antlers. Mm-hmm. This is this is a Wendigo that I wasn't actually familiar with
1: which is funny because it's like the one that I am more familiar yeah. with. So Go figure. to me <laughs> to me the Wendigo is this like sort of rotting half human half deer thing, right? And it, and it's like that same kind of elongated withered starving body, right. but it has this um, sort of, like, mutated deer monster head.
0: So where did this deer head come from? Because I'm like...
1: Yeah, it's not like that in the original stories. Uh, It actually comes from a movie by the same title of The Wendigo, um, which is an image that we have Larry Fessenden to thank for uh, with his 2001 film where he gave it this sort of deer-like appearance. However, it wasn't rotten. Right. Like I, I point out that to me, it's sort of this undead looking thing. Yeah. Um, but to him in, in his movie, it was just a deer monster um, because when he was writing the film, he heard a story from a school teacher that sounded a lot like the Wendigo Tales, but included a deer monster instead of uh, the typical humanoid figure. So he hmm. created this. Interesting. Now, it started to pick up a little popularity there, but it really took off with the game Pathfinder, which we mentioned in our D&D episode is a spinoff that happened uh, when they had their open gaming license. Right. So part of Pathfinder with their bestiary, they really wanted to have a Wendigo with this sort of deer resemblance to it. But they very specifically wanted it to be an undead monster um, so that clerics could have... Bonuses against it. <laughs> That's literally the only reason. <laughs> wow! And good. so
0: those game mechanics. Uh, we're yeah, sticking by you a,
1: had to, they had to balance clear. it. They're like, this is how we're gonna do it. Um, and to do so, they took that deer-headed monster and made it uh, falling apart and like flesh falling off of its eye sockets and nice. sunken, glowing <laughs> eyes uh, that weren't in the movie. So we have watched this image. Uh, be molded out of what is very clearly a spiritual myth and a taboo myth mm-hmm. into what is now uh, very resembling of a, of a typical cryptid. Um, yeah. do So specifically to pop culture, which is yeah. really cool.
0: Yeah. Because, because cryptids do have that more beast like appearance. When you first said Wendigos for this episode, I was like, yeah, but aren't they like humanoid? Right. Uh, it, but it's like, no, there's actually this association of a beast-like image with them, which is really interesting. Um, and Larry Fessenden, he co-wrote Until Dawn as well, right?
1: Yep, which we talked about as part of the uh, series that includes The Man of Madon, which we talked right. about in our horror episode. That's correct. He went on to write, write a game, a uh, horror game that plays out like a movie. Uh, which also includes wendigos. So like right. this is a particular bit for him that he he, he really loves.
0: enjoys wendigos that specifically have this deer appearance. Right.
1: And considering he is still doing work in this media, I, I'm really interested to see if maybe he plays a part, uh, like has a part somewhere in the writing of Antlers. Oh, he might, um, because it is very heavily from his imagery um, with this sort of like bestial nature to it, and it, it pulls back to the the spiritual nature of formation, um, especially if you read The Quiet Boy. You can see this this how one becomes a Wendigo or possessed by a Wendigo, more specifically. Um, and then, uh, but they include pheasant like deer, like portrayal and that one will be out April 17th. So go check that one out too.
0: I know we will. Thank you guys so, so much for listening to this episode. We're on Patreon now. So head on over to patreon.com slash the geek easy. That's all one word. The geek easy. And when you do, if you subscribe at any amount, you will receive a cover of Toss a Coin to Your Witcher by the one and only Ralph Butcher in true bardic fashion. It is a treat. Highly recommend. So head on over. Find us on Facebook at The Geek Easy Podcast. Again, geek easy is all one word. You can email us at thegeek easy cast at gmail.com. And we're on Instagram and Twitter at The Geek Easy Cast.
1: The music you hear at the beginning and end of The Geek Easy was written and performed by Ralph Butcher. All of our artwork is created by Kelly Alexander. You can check out more of her work at Metal Jupiter on Instagram or Twitter. Finally, The Geek Easy is written and performed and produced by us. Thank you for listening.